Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Kieran Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy Look, now 30 years, let me know that the brain can and does heal, but I didn't know that much about autism. What I did know is that I didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs. I wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally. And fast forward, it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort, but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and, and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods and feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's of course a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. Hi there, and thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate you being here. Truly, truly appreciate you being such a great parent and getting the resources that you need for your child. And today's topic, I hope will not disappoint. It is something that is so important in children of autism for their recovery process and their health. And it's so commonly missed and even tests can come up negative for it. And today we're gonna to be talking about parasites, parasitic infections and how it contributes to the symptoms of autism. It's really crazy how many different parasites and pathogens that can actually be in the gut. And there are hundreds of parasites. And they have become a worldwide problem. This isn't just third world countries or various ones that we used to think of. It is now all over the world, Western, the Western world due to travel and everything else being, becoming so easy over the years that things have spread. We know that now, as of course, with COVID, we saw how easy things could spread there. Well, it's kind of the same with parasites. So it's spread all over the world into the Western countries as well. And it's estimated that about 80% or more of the American population have parasites, but most don't even know about it. So many children on the autism spectrum also have parasitic problems. And most parents, 
parasites live with us harmonious, harmoniously until the gut flora weakens to the point that they become a problem. Now we know kids with autism generally have a weak gut. I mean, that just happens to be one of the common issues that, that go along with the symptoms of autism. And hopefully you've been listening to me for a while and know that the gut controls the brain and it makes up 80% of the immune system and its strength. So if your gut's not working well, your brain can't function well and neither can your immune system. So how do we get parasites? Common ways that we get them are from inhaling them. Actually, they can just be in the air that we're breathing. They're very often in the food we eat, especially if something's raw. Salad is very commonly a culprit, not washed properly. Um, drinking water is a really high source. Swimming in contaminated water, especially lakes, because the water doesn't move much like it does so, more so in rivers and in oceans. And then also we can get it in through our skin, any lesions on the skin, especially on the feet. You know, you can be walking on the beach in the sand, things can get into your feet very easily uh, without shoes on. And um, it's a very easy entrance point for the body as well. Animals also carry parasites and they can pass them on to humans. And then of course, poor hygiene also plays a role. Well, um, cats are notoriously known that the, uh, the parasites that live on cats actually prefer humans. So it is important to, you know, if you're petting your kitty or you got them around, do you want to wash your hands after you pet them, especially before you go get something from the kitchen to eat? You don't want to be using those hands that have been petting animals or in various places without washing your hands first. That is a good preventative measure. Uh, also, what kind of problems do parasites cause? They can come up with, there are so many things and the, the bugs themselves aren't always necessarily the problem, but the existing co-infections in the body that they create. Parasites bring with them bacteria, viruses, and fungi, different types of fungus. Viruses in the nervous system often come from staphylococcus and lungworm. So I'm gonna go through symptoms here in a few minutes, but you know, it's pretty, pretty common. Of course, you hear the, word, the term lungworm. Well, you can know that it gets into the lungs. It's respiratory uh, issues. And um, yeah, a lot of these viruses and a lot of kids carry staph, staph infections as well. I and mean, that's very well known. Mold biotoxins, as we've talked in the, about in the past, they can create something called Marcons, which is an antibiotic resistant staphylococcal infection in the nasal passageways. So it's very important, of course, to make sure that your home is mold free. And I'll link to uh, some things about mold on the show notes page for today too, which by the way, will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 126. And when parasites are present in the immune system, it's even weaker and the child is then more susceptible, or the person, the adult, is more susceptible to bacterial and viral infections. And now leaky gut syndrome, which we talked about in the past, and I will link to more information for you on the show notes, it allows the parasites to enter the bloodstream and make their way to the organs, including the brain. It's very important to know that parasites get into the brain and they can cause a lot of symptoms. And again, I'll go through those here in just a minute, I just wanted to cover some of these basics first so you had a greater understanding of where they might come from and some of the things that, that they're capable of doing. They off, parasites will often live inside the mucosa of the intestinal lining. 
So they can live in the gut, but they're also capable of living outside of the intestines too. So again, you've got leaky gut, which means you've got holes in the gut and those parasites and anything else where maybe if your immune system was strong and you didn't have leaky gut, you'd be able to pass those parasites out of your body without them inhibiting you, without them staying, without them getting into your bloodstream and then moving around your system and getting into the rest of your body. But especially if your immune system is weak and if your gut is weak, then you're much more susceptible to these, especially uh, if it's on anything that you eat from foods. Um, I, my, when my son was young, I remember he was about four, four years old, and we were at a lake that we go to up in the Sierras every year. We love it up there. It's beautiful. And he was, you know, picking up rocks and, you know, kind of throwing them into the water and just for fun. And later, I remember he ate something. Well, about a mm, few weeks later, you know, we noticed he was really having some, some dysentery type issues. And it turned out he had Jardia. Now, again, I'm going to talk here about how testing often doesn't pick, pick things up. Even a, do a doctor friend of mine at that time said, how did it even come up in the test? And I said, yeah, it must be a pretty strong infection. Uh, but um, they're not always detectable in tests. Well, anyway, it turned out from touching those rocks that had Jardia water on them and then eating food with his hands, the sandwich or whatever it was later on, he was uh, putting the, getting the Jardia from his hands onto his food and, and into his mouth. So again, really be careful to wash your hands before eating. Parasites also dysregulate the immune system. So, so you never want to boost the immune system in someone with autism because they already have immune overactivity. It's sort of, autism is kind of linked to as being an autoimmune type of illness and, and issues, health issues. So it's very important to know we don't want to boost the immune system, but we want to, we, what we do is strive to regulate or modulate the immune system. And then once you, because parasites really dysregulate the immune system, they really throw it out of whack. Once you've done a parasite protocol and clean things up, you want to make sure that you balance out the immune system afterwards. So I just wanted to make sure you noted that. And if you're working with anybody, make sure that they are are conscious of that as well. So many uh, people, practitioners even tend to really try to boost the immune system because it's so weak in a child with autism, but you've got so many dysregulative issues going on that you don't want to be boosting it anymore for autoimmune issues and then have the immune system attack itself and attack its own tissues in the body. And that's what kinds of things can happen. So again, we're looking at regulating and modulating the immune system always in children with autism. So what are some of the symptoms you get to look for? And remember mom, dad, grandma, everybody around, siblings, everybody, you should look for these because we pass parasites around in the family, especially with the people we live with. So keeping that in mind, I have a friend, her little girl, when they were, I think she was about two years old, she was at a, a, a sleepover at a friend's house and the mom who was a good friend of the other mom had the girls take a bath together for fun. They're playing in the bathtub. Well, one of them happened to have some Jardia issues that leaked into the bath water from the child and it got into the other child, her own child. And it ended up giving her child that was another case of Jardia. So again, knowing how some of these things can be passed, if you're changing diapers you want, or, or, or deal, dealing with poop at all, because I know with children with autism, sometimes it's, it's you know, and even older children, we have to kind of clean up some things after them. 
And you got to make sure you're really doing your due diligence about cleaning everything in the, in the home, the, the toilet, the bathroom, anything that got any fecal matter on it, especially. And if it, you've got anything on your hands, you really want to wash them very, very well after that as well. People can actually go decades without symptoms of parasites. Um, uh, and even though the parasites are feeding on them, and this is really, really common. And that's why people might have some of the symptoms I'm going to run through. There are quite a few to, to uh, go through here. Uh, and they can cross over with other issues. As we've noted already, they can cause bacterial and viral and other type of infection. So you've got the, you end up kind of with these multiple system infections and multiple types of infections caused possibly originally by the parasite itself or the weakening of maybe a viral overload or something or from leaky gut that has allowed the parasite to come in and thrive. Many of the same symptoms of those with parasites can even be, be similar to food allergies and leaky gut. And it's also very commonly seen in malnourished children and seen as what's called a failure to thrive. So uh, the symptoms to look for are, now this is a number, I put number one on the show notes, you'll, you'll be able to read through them later again, but the symptoms to look for, the first one and the most common is one that isn't really thought of, and it's chronic constipation. Most people think when you've got a parasitic infection that you will have diarrhea and you can have diarrhea. That's another common one. Diarrhea is common from the bug called Giardia. Now there are, like I mentioned, like 200 different types of, of different parasites. And then there are worms and these types of things will affect us differently in how they behave and how what part of the brain is being affected by them as well. So that's why I'm gonna run through not only physical, but emotional types of symptoms that can come from them. So chronic constipation, very, very common. Sometimes it can go constipation to diarrhea to constipation to diarrhea. Sometimes it's just chronic constipation and other times it can be more on the end of diarrhea. So those are something to look for, chronic constipation, diarrhea, intestinal discomfort, of course, bloating, gas, now, as we mentioned earlier, these will overlap with other symptoms, especially like candida and things, but bloating, gas, dark circles under the eyes, itchy skin or skin rashes, anger and crazy type behaviors, impulsivity, seizures, depression, and even suicidal thoughts and behaviors, brain fog, and a lack of ability to learn, Chronic fatigue, very, very common. PANS, which is Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Syndrome. And I've done past episodes on that in the past. And I will link to uh, some of those on the show notes page so you can look into it further. It's when the immune system's attacking the brain. And so you, it, what happens is these viruses and these parasites and things come in and even mold, different things come in and they trigger PANS because they're triggering the immune system to overreact. You'll see, um, I'm just going to say real quickly, again, I'll link to it in the show notes so you can go and dive deeper later on. But PANS, you'll see sudden onset of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, or anxiousness, or um, lack of sleep, or clinginess, or fearfulness. This is uh, common in PANS. And again, PANS can be triggered by the parasite. Uh, additional symptoms, sinus problems, respiratory issues, including asthma, 
nausea, mouthing. You ever see your child, you know, a lot of parents in my program will say, Karen, my, my child's mouthing a lot. They're, they're always putting their fingers in the mouth. They're trying to put everything in their mouth, even if it's not food. Mouthing is commonly a sign of a nutritional deficiency and they're, they're, they're craving a way to get more, some type of nutrition, because what's happening is that the bugs are eating the nutrition from the food that they're eating. So they're not able to get the nutrition, even if they are eating. So um, mouthing is very common and nail biting is a very, very common sign of parasites. So nail biting, I might see drooling, a lot of drooling happens and teeth grinding is very common. So uh, bruxism or teeth grinding, whether it's during the day or at night, teeth grinding is a very common symptom of parasites. Hair pulling, headaches, immune system dysregulation, which we mentioned already, iron deficiency, and personality types in women are overly trusting and cooperative, even when the person or situation would be seen as dangerous to others. Personality type in men are extreme risk takers. Um, you know, these guys that are flying off the, the top of mountains in squirrel suits and, you know, just extreme risk takers. Uh, so one of the things that you can do is um, palpate their gut. If, if you look for hard spots in the abdomen, and this will be mentioned in the show notes, so you can go back and look at it, but you'll massage the abdomen in a clockwise motion around the belly button. Now, this is really good to do anyway. It's, it's helpful for digestion because that's the way our digestion moves is in a clockwise pattern uh, on the, uh, around the belly button. But you're looking with parasites, you're looking for hard spots. And especially in the upper GI, if you know where the stomach is and the upper part of the, of this, where the stomach is, upper part of the, the abdomen, usually right around the center of it, it might be really hard right there where normally it should be softer. And that is um, because parasites actually kind of like to hang out there in the stomach because it's up high in the GI, in the, in the, in the gastrointestinal tract. And that's where the nutrition first really comes in. And the nutrition is still there versus in the lower bowels where a lot of the nutrition has been used by the body. The parasites don't really want to hang out down in the lower bowels because they, they're just getting the leftovers and that the body hasn't used. They want to stay up in the stomach or in the upper GI where the nutrition is when it first comes in and take the basically the pick of the crop. So that's why we'll see a lot of failure to thrive, a lot of nutritional deficiencies, because the parasites will be taking the nutrition from your food. And you might notice too, your child is hungry a lot, even if they've eaten, because again, the body is craving the nutrition from the food it's eating, it needs, but it's not getting it from the food, unfortunately. So that's why parasites, parasites need to be taken care of. Parasites like uh, B vitamins a lot um, and tyrosine, which also comes is um, triggered in pans to overproduce tyrosine as well. Often our kids can be low in tyrosine, which is an amino acid that helps us think and our, helps us with our reward center. So um, sometimes we'll take, uh, take some L-tyrosine to build up that dopamine. But um, we, that's kind of something you've really got to regulate, make sure that your child really needs it. Because parasites also, your child might be deficient. You just want to make sure you're not just feeding the parasite if you add in more tyrosine, if that is an issue with parasites. So B vitamins, again, if you've got a big parasitic issue, you're not wanting to load up on B vitamins. 
but you also notice that a lot of the things that the parasites want that you or the human or the host or child will be craving. This is very common. That's why people will crave sugar, especially if they have a candida overgrowth, which is very, very common, of course, in children with autism. You're going to crave the things that the bugs in you live on and thrive and want. So you want to try to avoid those. Uh, again, I mentioned hungry all the time. Again, because the parasites are eating all of the nutrition and the mouthing by itself is that symptom of low nutrition because again, the parasites are eating from the food we eat. So eradication, now this is a big process. Most, most medical type practitioners, I'll just say, will use antibiotics. Now, antibiotics are most commonly for many of these bugs, they're antibiotic resistant. And they develop something called a biofilm around them, which I've done episodes on in the past, especially when we talk about candida. And biofilm is this strong protective matrix that these bugs are capable of building around themselves to protect themselves. And sometimes when we do these eradication programs, these protocols with things like antibiotics, they, they, it might even kill off initially the adult um, bug, but the adult parasite, but they lay eggs and those eggs are, those eggs are gonna hatch later on. So they're very cyclic. Um, conventional methods uh, of eradicating parasites are very short-term really at best. And again, antibiotics say, say just as an example, one called flagell will kill off again, the adults possibly initially and the eggs that have been laid will eventually hatch and then the infestation returns. Um, when you initially feel better and the tests all come up negative, it really misleads you to believe that you're clear and treating the parasite alone will not treat the whole problem. And again, we're also, you know, kind of domino affecting back to the viruses and the bacteria and the fungus that they leave behind as well. All of that needs to be taken care of. And we're all exposed to parasites on a regular basis. The question arises as to why some parasitic infections why there are, why people, some contract them and why others do not. And the main reason why parasites are not eradicated is really due to a weakened intestinal tract, which I, I have mentioned already. An overly acidic diet and a congested liver. Now our kids all have congested livers. That is common in autism and you've got to, and you've, hopefully you've been listening to me and sticking with me for a while, you know that I'm all about, you've got to support the detoxification pathways, which mean the liver and, uh, and methylation pathways. All of these things have to be supported before you really start doing a big protocol of any type that is gonna cause die-off symptoms. And again, die-off is when these bugs die, they will leave behind more bacteria and they're, they're dead bugs that your body has to get rid of. Now, what happens is if your liver's not working well and you're detoxification pathways aren't working well, then these toxins back up in the blood and the lymphatic system, and they can become absorbed again by the body. And so this is where we can harbor, you know, more, more infections and end up uh, with in the heightened behavioral, uh, physical and emotional symptoms in our kids. So we've got to support the liver. We've got to support detoxification pathway, you know, binders, minerals, 
the things that we've talked about uh, in the past episodes as well, very important. Uh, and of course, a good diet. You, you've got to be working to heal that gut lining up. You cannot keep giving the inflammatory foods. And I will link in the show notes to um, my free download of the top seven foods to avoid to help reduce the inflammation because they're highly inflammatory foods that will, the inflammation keeps the gut lining weak, keeps those holes in the gut. You also don't want to be feeding any of the bad bacteria from these processed carbs or sugars and things in these foods. And a lot of them have a lot of toxins. The download is um, to my seven foods guide. Um, the direct link is naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods. It's just the number seven and foods with no, no spaces in between. Now, again, I'll link to it on today's show notes, but I don't just tell you what those seven foods are. In that download, I give you a little explanation because I think education is so important. I know it is because the more you are really understanding why you're doing something, even if it's complicated at first, because our children can be picky eaters and be literally addicted to these foods. And, and we're talking about some of the reasons why these bugs are craving these things and they're living in them. So it's a transitional process to move away from these foods into healthier foods. But the more you know about, again, why you're doing something, I think the more you understand the importance of sticking to it, even through those challenging times. And again, just remember any type of, uh, of, of changing of diet is a transitional process. So, you know, be kind to yourself as well. I know parents put a lot of pressure on themselves, like, Karen, I, I can't do this. There's no way my child will change their diet. These are a lot of the foods they eat and they likely are. They're the worst top seven foods. So please, please go get that guide and you can start implementing that, those changes today. Again, it's a process. It takes time, but you can start it today. Uh, in order for parasitic infection to be cleared, again, the liver must be cleansed and the intestinal tract healthy. So again, that diet is really important. Stay on top of these parasites. As I mentioned, they lay eggs and they are cyclic. They will rotate, the, the adults lay eggs, the eggs will hatch much later on. So you've got to make sure that you're on a continual safe protocol. When the eggs hatch, you wanna be sure they don't get a chance to grow and do more harm. You really wanna keep well hydrated with pure water, no tap water that is not properly filtered. I've done episodes on water in the past and you can find those um, and I'll link to one in the show notes today. I've also, I'm also giving you a link to one of the best water filters I've found, and there's a discount code available for it as well with the link to learn more about it, which again will be at today, on today's show notes, which as I mentioned before, are at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 126. So testing and treatment for parasites. Now, testing is optional. And I say that because a lot of money is spent on tests that are not accurate. Now, it is so common to take a parasite test and have it come up negative, even when the bugs are present. Within 15 minutes of, say it's a stool sample, that, that, that stool Though they can actually become invisible, hide, and and not and not be found. I mean, it's 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 insane, really, the intelligence that goes that that these these bugs are capable of. And so, even when a, a stool sample, especially, 
comes up negative for parasites, they might actually exist, but the test didn't pick them up. So it's again, your choice. So I've linked to a, one of the better ones to, to, to get for a test if you want to look at one is Dr. Data's has a, a, a stool test that's a three day because your body is excreting things at different times on different days. So it, at least it covers three days to try and get a better, uh, better chance of result. And that's why they do it that way too. Parasites are also most active during a full moon. So try to test and treat them uh, during full moons. Note that the tests, again, are not always accurate. If you choose a test and it comes up negative, it is still highly suggested to eradicate them. Uh, in my membership program, we use organic proprietary or, uh, herbal formulas that are safe and do help to regulate the immune system um, and work with, the, of course, the co-infections, mold, Lyme, and PANS, including parasites. Um, and the parasite protocol um, should also include fighting Lyme because it's important to be aware that Lyme lives inside of parasites. So you wanna work with both together so you don't release one and have a big parasitic infection or a big Lyme infection going on in the body now because you've opened things up for one, but not the other. So it's good to do, it's good to work with both of them at the same time. I also wanna do a little side mention that um, uh, seeing somebody like a biosystemic dentist and uh, dental work, there are things called cavitations in our, our teeth where we may have had a, or in our gums where we may have had a past uh, extraction or something going on with our teeth. Now Lyme lives in the mouth and you, you may even see rashes or, and it also lives in the jawbone. So, um, you might be seeing rashes around. Now, if you've got dental work done, you, uh, you might wanna make sure that you don't have any cavitations or, or pockets of bacteria there that are open that could be causing more parasitic and Lyme type of infection. So it's good to see a, a dentist before you start a protocol too or around the time, just to make sure that the teeth aren't, aren't harboring and holding more problems um, you know, from the work that you're gonna be doing. You wanna make sure that you're getting at everything. Now, I mentioned the herbal formulas and due to many logistics, uh, multiple reasons, I'm not including the necessity of liver and diet support, but along with the knowledge to use them, I'm not able to offer them outside of my program, but I do want to make sure that you get help now. And so the best, best way to do it right now is what I mentioned with the diet. Now you can begin reducing the inflammation, the toxins that contribute to leaky gut now, of course, this is step one. There, there's, there's much more to do, but it is something that you can begin with right now. And um, again, starting to work with that leaky gut to stop, stop allowing those bugs to continue to get into the rest of the body. Some of your child's behaviors, you know, see the symptoms could be due to many of these issues. So there's a lot to look at here. You've got leaky gut plus the co-infections and the parasites. You wanna support the detoxification pathways um, along with a diet. So again, please get my free downloadable guide to the top seven foods to eliminate and start at least right now working on this leaky gut syn syndrome. And another thing to make sure that you do is always utilize these resources and eradication for anyone in your household because we do spread infections around one another. 
even one of the ways that uh, our children can even contract parasites is that um, we, maybe mom, had parasites uh, when she was pregnant and that they were able to get into the baby even before it was born. So you don't want to make sure that everybody is, uh, is getting taken care of because it's about the whole family's health. And again, you can go back and look at these symptoms. And again, many of them overlap with a lot of other issues, but it is, that's why it is so common, like chronic fatigue, inability to think clearly, all of these things are so much involved with, uh, with parasites, but they're very, very infrequently thought of as one of the issues or they're missed in tests. So uh, please again, get all of the resources that I mentioned today at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 126, 126. That's where the show notes will be at. And again, I hope this was really helpful for you. Um, parasites are something that can be worked with very, very early on in an autism recovery program. And we have also start doing it usually one of the first things that we begin um, working with even in my program, because you don't want to have an underlying parasitic infection causing other problems that you're working on. So it's very, very important. So I hope my free seven food guide helps you for now. And um, I'm here to give you further resources in the future because I do want to help you. I appreciate you being here today and being a proactive parent, getting these resources and becoming educated further. So on how you can help your child, because again, there are a lot of things that others just really don't know about. And um, I'm here to help, uh, help you learn more about new things or, or educate you further on things that you may have already known about, but it is a way for you to help your child to improve. I mean, the look, you can go back and look at that list of symptoms and you might notice too, that your child has some of these symptoms and know now that it's something that you've got to get working on and sooner, better than later, and it can help them so much and possibly you as well, because, you know, the irritability, the, uh, the depression, the lack of sleep, the lack of the chronic fatigue, you know, that's not comfortable for anybody to live with. And we're parents, we need to be really our, at our best that we can be for our kids. So we need to take care of ourselves too. It's about getting the whole family healthy again. So very important. And I hope it's helped been helpful for you and we'll see you next time. Take care.